welcome back for the second episode of the Seeing God podcast. This is the second part of our interview with Deb Newsom, a missionary to the Gambia. Last time we heard about her journey into missions and what life has been like for her on the field. Deb is now back in America after living in Africa for 30 years, and today we will hear about why. She talks about her experience with cancer as well as one of her favorite moments with God. We recorded this interview in September of 2018, so over a year ago now, and we've included a special update from Deb at the end of the episode, so stay tuned to the end to hear that. This is a podcast that tells stories about what God is doing right now in the world. We focus on what is happening with, in, or through Christians. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others He has redeemed you from your enemies. I'm your host, Emma Moore. Our interviewer is Jan Gebert. Let's get started. About a year and a half ago, Actually, four years ago, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. So you were in the Gambia when that happened? Yes. And Mm -hmm. what happened was I was just um, seeing some blood in my urine. And Mm -hmm. so I was advised to go to the doctor if with taking antibiotics, it didn't go away in a couple days or at least get better. And there was no improvement. And so I went to a doctor and they did some ultrasounds followed up by a CAT scan and they said even before we did the CAT scan that yeah you have a mass in your left kidney and it needs to come out. So we purchased tickets as soon as possible and one of my fellow missionaries actually traveled with me because I was in a lot of pain at that time and uh, we just were trusting the Lord to get me back to the States and do with me whatever he decided to do. They removed my kidney and they thought that I was fine. Any of the tissues surrounding the kidney did not prove to show any cancer cells. And my follow-up CAT scans all showed that there were no other masses anywhere. So at that time, you're sitting in the Gambia in the capital to to have these tests done. And they tell you that you have a huge tumor in your kidney. Yes. And it's likely cancer. Yes. What went through your head? What were you thinking? How how did you respond? Well, I was just thinking uh, the Lord could keep me from getting cancer if he wanted me to, and he's done this, and so he has his reason for doing this. So let's just take it one day at a time, see what happens. The point when something goes wrong is you just need to, I guess, If you already have a theology that says that God knows everything and he's in control of everything, then those kinds of things aren't going to worry you as much. I'm not saying it wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to slough it off and go, oh, cancer is nothing if you just trust the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that, again, just like you go to the Lord during your depression, you go to the Lord during spiritual oppression, you go to the Lord during times when you might be hungry or or um, lacking in some other way, and you try to walk with him daily. When you get cancer, you go to him also. And so 
I think that part was much easier than when the cancer came back. I was then on the field for about three and a half years. After your initial diagnosis? Years, two after, yeah, after yeah. the initial di- diagnosis. Mm. After six, six months a- after the, the surgery, I went back to the Gambia and continued on with the work that I was doing and doing a lot of uh, translation of Bible study materials and whatnot to hopefully be used by missionaries and Gambians alike, making it easier for them them to do evangelistic Bible studies. So we were doing that kind of a thing, and it came to the end of that term, which was, I don't know, maybe three years later, because the one thing happened near the beginning of a term. And so I had been getting these follow-up CAT scans now and then. And then I had, I thought, you know, my appointment with a doctor back in the States isn't for a few months now. It's not going to be until something like June, and this was March of 2017. And I thought, maybe I should just get one more CAT scan here in the Gambia before I go. And so I did, and then they told me that the cancer had returned and that it was in my spine. Mm -hmm. I had two uh, masses in my spine, one near the top, like at the base of my neck, at what they call the T1 and then one at T11, which is just above the lumbar area. So they weren't really close to each other, but those were the two places where the cancer was. Mm -hmm. I had already had my tickets purchased, so I just went home as usual and then tried to see doctors as soon as possible. And at that time, I thought, okay, this is the next thing that Lord has for me. He had me in the Gambia for a while, now he has this cancer. And I don't know if I gave you this this quote or not, but it really comes from the Detroit Tigers in their little... <laughs> that, that great spiritual source, right? <laughs> yes. Since I've become a Tiger fan since I got back, what, since I've been feeling better. So mm-hmm. this season I've been watching Tiger games, but they have this commercial on that they, they go, here we go, here we go. You know, I wouldn't sing it like that because for one thing, it's probably not even the right notes. But, um, but anyway... <laughs> When the cancer came back, and I thought to myself, here we go, here we go. That's kind of like, to me, that means, you know, that you, okay, it's time to tighten your belt. You're in the battle. Here we are. And that's what you thought with God, with this cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. Here we go, here we go. So, Debbie... You are talking about a remarkably accepting attitude pretty much from the get-go. You're not dismissing that it was difficult, but you're you're basically saying that you have felt at peace with God's choices for you. Yes. In the initial diagnosis and then in the recurrence. Yes, that's right. How How does that work? It's because I trust the God that I've known all those years. He's always been faithful to me, and he's always done good for me. And the Lord does not promise us a good life, nor do we deserve one, or a trouble-free life, I would say. We don't necessarily deserve that. We think, oh, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, so I'm not going to have any hard times 
If I get sick, God's going to heal me. If I don't have enough food in the house, he's going to give me food. If I don't have enough of this or that, he's going to make things right. And God does not promise us that we will never be hungry or lonely or unhealthy. He does not promise us that those things or that we're going to be wealthy all the time. The Lord doesn't say that. He says that he will be with us and that he will he will be faithful. He will love us. He will do what's best for us. And I can trust him because of the past that I've learned in every situation he is faithful and that he does what is right even if it doesn't feel good or comfortable. Life isn't about being comfortable. So you are being treated for metastatic kidney cancer. Yes. And uh, you've gone through chemo and radiation initially, and now you're on some other chemotherapeutic agents, and you have had surgery to remove the metastases and gone through rehab and still struggle with uh, daily pain as a result of that. Is that is all that correct? Yes. And the tumors are not completely gone. One was not removed at all, and the other one, they just removed as much as they could. So they, they are still there, but for over a year, they haven't grown. And you have the side effects from your chemotherapeutic agents, nausea and appetite changes and weakness yes. and all mm-hmm. those things. When you were presented with the options for your for treating the cancer initially, and then even when you were diagnosed with metastases. Initially, you thought you were, once they said you had um, the cancer had spread, you were thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to heaven pretty quickly. What was your, you know, your kind of guiding principle in whether to do, do this therapy or that therapy or to pursue therapy? I guess, one, I was trying to be practical. How could I be useful to the Lord for as long as I'm here? And also, it's easy to say, okay, the Lord might take me home in six months. Let's just forget it and just stay there. But I have a philosophy that says that out of respect for the gift of life that God has given us, that we should try our best to take care of that life. And people that see me that know me and I'm eating chocolate or whatever, they might think, oh, Deb, you're not taking very good care of your life. <laughs> but, but in the overall grand scheme of things, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe that chocolate didn't make that much difference. But the point is that when something like that, you're faced with something and you have advice from people that know more about that subject than you do, I was taking that as the Lord sent those people to me to tell me the next thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so even though, as far as I know, none of those doctors were believers in Christ, Mm -hmm. they still are people that God has given that knowledge to, whether they acknowledge that or not. And so those two things, I guess, I I want to be useful to the Lord while I, I was here for as long as possible. And I wanted to respect that life that God gave me by taking as good a care of it as I could. What's on your bucket list? Well, uh, someone recently asked me that. might have been last year by now. 
And I said, I don't have, you know, that many things on my bucket list. I suppose there's nothing that I would say I have to accomplish before I go home to be with the Lord. We've been translating something called The Way to Joy. It would be nice if we could finish that beforehand, but a lot of that now depends on whether the missionaries that are there are going to have the time to to do it because they're understaffed and overworked. Besides that, I am also not as strong as I used to be, so even if they give me something to edit, I may not be able to accomplish it before Mm -hmm. the Lord takes me home. Um, But I would like to at least have a part in helping to accomplish that. I'm also the leader of our field, and I would love for the Lord to bring another leader to the field before I'm gone, but I know that he can provide that whether, you know, the leadership needed no matter what. So I'm not saying, oh, Lord, you have to, only I can do this before, you know, there's someone else in place and I must continue on for the sake of the other missionaries and the work. No, I'm not saying that. I know that I am dispensable. The Lord doesn't need Deb Newsom to accomplish his will. He can do it with or without me. So that's it would be nice if it happened, but if it doesn't, that's okay. As far as just some personal things that I would like to do, but they're not, I never thought of them as being on a bucket list. They were more like on my retirement list, the list if I ever retired. That is that I have some songs that I've written that I'd like to write down the music to most of them about the Lord and about missions, about sharing the gospel with people. A few of them are just silly songs about experiences in the Gambia and whatnot. And so I I would like to work on those. I started working on them, but I haven't now worked on them for several months. Because of the fatigue involved, I have to choose what I'm going to do, if I'm going to be doing things related to the field or if I'm going to be working on projects like that. I got got this brilliant idea. I don't know how brilliant it is now, but that mm-hmm. last January or so that I was going to paint a portrait of a Gambian for each of my supporting churches mm-hmm. so that they could have that as a prayer card to remind them to pray for the will of people long after I'm gone. And many of those churches I may not be able to visit because I can't drive very far and they're spread all over the country. But some of them are close by, so I may be able to get to them. But I've already mailed one off to one of my churches, and they love it. They've hung it up in uh, so that people can see it in the hallway when they come in the church and they can be reminded to, to pray for the, the Gambians. I think you told your home church um, or one of the churches you're close to where you're living in Michigan now that uh, you wanted, after you're gone, that they would still continue to remember the Wall of People. Yes. And mm-hmm. they said to you, Will give us some more missionaries to support. Yes. And what happened with that? What happened was that is that some of our missionaries, Patrick and Michelle Reed, who are right now on what we call pre-field ministries, they are raising support to go to the Gambia as missionaries. They came to that church and presented, and the church likes them. They haven't yet made a decision, but God willing, they will take them on and they will be partnering with them in the 
the Gambia financially and praying for them and in other ways because, uh, well, the pastor of that church knew, knew that if they don't have any missionaries working with the will of people, then, yeah, eventually they will forget about the will of people because mm-hmm. they're not getting those letters or hearing from the missionaries regularly, and so they will forget about the will of people and and stop praying for them. And so they they wanted to ensure that they would continue to to pray and be involved in that ministry. Looking back over the years, can you think of, would you share with us some of your favorite moments with God? I can think of one in particular when I was in my second term in the Gambia. I was tired, needed a vacation, and so I took a vacation where where nobody was that I knew. There were people there, but nobody that I knew, so that I could just be quiet before the Lord and not be in long conversations with people. There was no television there. There was no nothing. It was a hotel, but it was a small one away, away from the city. And I stayed there for about two weeks, and I brought with me a book about grace and also some sermon tapes. For those of you who don't know what a cassette tape is. <laughs> it's like a podcast, right? Yes, yeah, so, sort of like a podcast of a of a sermon. So I had all these sermons. It was quite a series. And um, those were some of the main things that I did during that those two weeks is to read that book and to listen to the sermons. And while I was doing that, I was observing some of the most amazing sunsets that I've ever seen in my life. And I've never seen any since then like it. And um, also, I uh, was just being able to be quiet, do some drawing and and jigsaw puzzles and things just to make me quiet listening to music and during that time god used those sermons to really convict me of some sin particularly pride in my own life and i thought man i am such a wicked person and then i was at the same time reading about god's grace and how it extends beyond just our salvation. Grace is not only about trusting Christ as our Savior, and He redeems us. He has redeemed us not because we are good and we deserve it, but in spite of that, without regard for our deserts. And that's the way that He continues to bless us and, and do good to us in our whole lives, not because we deserve it, but because of his magnificent, unending love for us. It just keeps going and going. He gives to us every day. And since then, one of my favorite thoughts that come into my mind when I start thinking, why did that person cut me off in the car? Or why, mm-hmm. <laughs> why didn't I get this or that? Or why does somebody treat me this way? And I don't really deserve that. I never did anything to them. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, Deb, you don't even deserve a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Mm-hmm. You deserve hell. But you got heaven and a whole lot of other really good things. Mm-hmm. You have no excuse to complain about anything. God has poured out his grace on you over and over and over again. 
I think that's one of my favorite times in the Gambia. There's a couple words that I've heard you say during this interview and at other times about that God is faithful, always faithful. He doesn't change. He's good. And you've talked about knowing him. Those have been two two themes from what I've heard you talk about many mm -hmm. times. Would you share a song with us now? Here we get to hear Deb sing Knowing You by Graham Kendrick. This song was particularly meaningful to Deb and her fellow missionaries. All I once held dear built my life upon All this world reveres and wars to own all I once thought gain, I have counted loss, spent and worthless now, compared to this. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. Now my heart's desire is to know you more, to be found in you, and known as yours. To possess by faith what I could not earn, all-surpassing gift, of righteousness knowing you jesus knowing you there is no greater thing you're my all you're the best you're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. Oh, to know the power of your risen life, and to know you in your sufferings to become like you in your death my lord so with you to live and never die knowing you Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best, 
You're my joy, my righteousness. You're my all, you're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. You're my all, you're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. Thank you, Deb. That was awesome. Thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it. It's been an incredible encouragement to me personally, and I know it will be to our listeners, to hear who God is in your life and what he's been doing. Thank you. You're welcome. Happy to be here. On September 1st, 2019, Deb shared the following on her Facebook. Some of you may not have heard that a couple of months ago, my oncologist told me that I am now in remission. Upon hearing this news, many people said, Oh, Deb, what great news. God has done something great for you. But is it great news? Is being in remission better than having active, growing kidney cancer? When I first learned that my cancer had spread to my spine in March 2017, I thought, well, this is the next thing God has for me. And I asked God to glorify his name through this next chapter of my life. I kept asking him to keep me from bringing shame to his name by how I respond to the cancer and all that goes with it. Most days, I do not consider me having cancer to be bad news or being in remission to be good. I have only considered that both conditions are news. New opportunities, opportunities for God to teach me, use me, or change me. And truthfully, I thought I would be home with my Lord Jesus by now. So is remission really good news when compared with being with Christ? Remember, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Do we really believe that? I do. Oh, by the way, God willing, I will be traveling to the Gambia tomorrow afternoon with a friend. We plan to be gone for about three and a half weeks. I wonder what God will do with this new development he has brought into my life. It sure looks like something we should consider good news. Let's just pray God will use it for his glory. After all, that's why we live and breathe. His glory is why we exist. He is worthy of all glory and honor and praise. And that is good news. No doubt about it. Psalm 107 verse 43 says about stories like this, Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. If you have a story you'd like to share, or you know of someone who does, please go to our website at www.seeinggodpodcast.wordpress.com and click on Submit a Story. God is doing things all over in all of His people, and we want to know about as many stories as possible. So please do go to the website and submit a story. Also, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or the podcast in general. You can tweet us at GodSeeing or comment on our Instagram or Facebook pages at Seeing God Podcast. You can also email us at seeinggodpodcast at gmail.com. This episode was produced in the studios at Lancaster Bible College. I'm Emma Moore. Our interviewer is Jan Gebert. Our engineer is George Haynes. And our show music is Siberia by Dmitry Lukyanov. Thanks for listening to this episode of Seeing God.